Welcome to Excess and Defect 2020, a Lenten podcast series on the vices and virtues in our lives and how we can grow in virtue and avoid vice so that we can become more like Christ and love him more. Uh, I'm Deacon Will Rooney, and today uh, I have the pleasure of having uh, from afar via Zoom three of my brother Austin seminarians. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? This is Enrique here. I've been in one or two podcasts besides this one, so... Good to see you, hear you again, I guess. I'm Lad, coming back for round two with Zoom. I'm Callan. I don't know what podcasts are. I'm, here we go. Here we go. All right, today, uh, today our topic, uh, as we continue our way through the uh, seven deadly sins, um, we, or the, the seven capital vices as we know them, uh, today our topic is on uh, gluttony, and uh, Lad, I think our creative committee once again has uh, created something, some title or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. That Given that we're talking about gluttony, today's title is "We All Scream for Vice Cream." Mm. It's so ridiculous. Mm. Uh, but uh, so there's like there's like I, I'd say collectively there's maybe like 12 people on it you know maybe at some point I'll give them like credit by name but not today people I don't think we have 12 people listening to this thing that's amazing <laughs> wow <laughs> that's great uh, but man lad and his 12 disciples uh, known as better known as the creative committee uh, once again have come up with a, a killer name uh, now, Lad, did that come from Shakespeare or Chesterton or, uh, or something Sad, else? Sadly, no. Unlike other titles that have come from more esteemed sources, this was just, you know, thinking about ice cream, but then substituting, you know, for the podcast. So, Good. yes, no Chesterton in this. Yeah, so we uh, we have to finish this podcast in uh, in just a few minutes, and uh, you know, not we have a time constraint tonight. Uh, the the guys, Lad and uh, Callan, are actually in the same place, um, and they have to go cook dinner. So I thought that was a fitting way. We were talking before we started recording uh, about well, tea uh, for gluttony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's a, you're, you're teeing up gluttony for us. So uh, <laughs> gluttony has something to do with food, obviously, um, but maybe maybe not in the way that we always, always. Uh, think of. Not always. Okay, so Callan, what is gluttony? Well, well, I'm glad you asked. Gluttony <laughs> is, of course, um, <laughs> uh, lots of food, a lot too much of a good thing. I'll just put it that way. Whatever that good thing is, it is a, a gluttonous kind of thing. It's a it's a like all sins it's a a disorder of a legitimate hierarchy of goods um being uh in particular gluttony is like it's something that is generally not sinful in and of itself like it's a good um but it is disproportionately sought after at the particularly at the expense of some greater good um, so that can man like the, the low hanging fruit and what it, gluttony is known for is food um, like hedonism like just basically going after pleasure is the highest good um, and that's that's a good way that, that's right and that's a good way to think about it but more generally any legitimately good thing taken to the extreme is in the ballpark of gluttony 
Right. So it's an excess of a love for something that we should love, right? I mean, these last two uh, capital vices have to do with things um, or people uh, that we, sh we uh, legitimately should love uh, food or drink or these things because they're good. Uh, and in and, and lust, right, the next uh, capital vice that we'll talk about, um, we should love people. But it, there's a, a disordering of the of the love that we we should have an excess of love or a defect of love, you might say, um, and it's interesting how this kind of uh, plays out. And it, it's almost like um, we have this natural inclination. Uh, well, we do have a natural inclination, right, towards food or towards pleasure or, or these things, and and that's a good thing because we need food um, for for our individual survival, right? And we need uh, sexual intercourse and things like that for our societal survival. Um, but what, what, what makes this a disordered uh, thing? Like how does that disorder come about in our lives that we choose things that are good per se, or generally speaking, um, how do we choose them wrongly or, or how does that happen? Still talking to me? I mean, anyone. Yeah, could you could you maybe like, hmm, I'm I'm thinking. Could you like maybe restate that question, Deacon Will? Yeah. So like, it, it's interesting to me, right? We talked about avarice, and we've talked about uh, so avarice would kind of be in the same in the same ballpark as this, right? Avarice um, and and wrath. I, I was kind of reminded of uh, yeah. in both of those. I remember in both those we talked about how you like we fall. We can t tend to fall into those when we either take the wrong object or to it or experience um kind of like the disordered passion to to a to a certain degree right like there was like there was a disorder of degree and a disorder of object and in this one it seems to be more especially Callan, based off what you said less a, a disorder of object and more a disorder of degree specifically you know yeah no, I think that there's something there, but I guess my, my question was uh, sort of uh, in, in reference to um, like, why does why this would people happen? do it at all? Yeah. yeah. Why, like, why do we, why do we go down the path of, uh, you know, like I, I love ice cream. And so, uh, but, and is it wrong to eat ice cream? No, but is it wrong to go eat like two half gallons of ice cream or a half gallon of ice cream, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be wrong to do that in a, in a, uh, in almost every setting that I can imagine, unless you're like Michael Phelps right after, you know, a six hour workout or something like that. But, uh, you know, what causes this? What, what's the, what's the, the inclination where we have, you know, I mean, that's, that's concupiscence, right? That's the concupiscible appetite, like the easily attained good and like this natural, this natural attraction to it. And, uh, you know, we, we perceive it as good. I mean, it is good. And like, like you said, Callan, like these are good things. Uh, and they're to some extent like easily attained. And so mm -hmm. then, you know, if we have that, um, kind of un, untrained or maybe, poorly disciplined or undisciplined appetite, then we just like go for it. And then that's what we call concupiscence. Kind of makes me think of the, the path of least resistance. Like being right now a little bit in quarantine, I see myself speaking about, glut about gluttony in regards to food. I see myself eating more. And it seems to me that, you know, I have work to do, right? I have to be studying. 
And that requires like effort. Yeah, it's, it's a great good study and I love the study, but it requires a lot of effort. And there's another good that requires way less effort and that's opening the fridge or making myself a bowl of cereal. And it's, it's good, right? And so <laughs> I am I'm mean, put between two choices and there's two goods. And as I, you know, try to go towards study and find that uh, that's hard, then I just say, well, there's this other good I can actually get pretty, you know, pretty easily. So let me just get that one. Uh, anyway, at least I'm experiencing a little bit like that right now, just uh, the path of least resistance. Uh, and then you can overdo it, right, over and over. So, yeah. It yeah, could be the the path. It's it's right to say like the path of least resistance, um, but in but also in like at the extreme levels of um, anxiety disorders or um, that manifests in like eating or uh, a lot of um, basically every manifestation of alcoholism. Um, there's, it, it's the passive least resistance in the sense that there is a place that I'm terrified of going and this thing, this good in some small, imperfect, and even sometimes terrible way keeps me from going to that that darker place that I'm even more terrified of entering into. Mm. A lot of the times that alcohol, alcoholism in particular, um, one of the motivations, I guess, where, where alcoholists will, will articulate is that it, it's, it numbs me. Um, I don't have to, I don't think about my life situation, whatever that is. Um, mm. Uh, and so in that sense, yeah, it's like literally speaking an easier path, even though it is a terrible path and it's very destructive, but in the, the warmness of that problem, it's, um, it's better than the destruction of the sin is less scary than the alternative, which is actually facing the more fundamental problem. Um, and I think that, uh, um, it is, yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's a matter of discipline, right? I mean, you just, you know, you learn not to do it. There's a natural level of, of, of that. And that's true with food too, but you know, there's a lot of people with eating disorders that uh, do so an emotional thing. And I think it's, that just brings up a point is just like, yes, there's, there's the, your own kind of like self-discipline which is good um and but there's also the kind of deepest and deeper question um even if i enter into it on a, a very light level and it's not to the full-blown extent of like disorder mm -hmm. um or it's really ruining my life um it's it's a tendency obviously the gravity is not the same uh across the spectrum but if we look at the tendency, we could say like, what, what's some, what am I missing where this thing I hope is going to, to gratify me? Uh, yeah. and this is, this is one of the really good and wise practices of the church for Lenten pass, Lenten uh, fast is that it's, uh, it, I'm not going to eat this cupcake 
Um, not because necessarily I want to lose weight, but I mean, the, the best intention is just like, it's good, but there's no greater good than God. And if I, if I step away from lesser goods, I, the idea is that that frees me somehow to, to seek the greater good in God. So anyway, this is that whole perspective in terms of like the little, the little ways we address that. And then like the much deeper, like the level of disorder. And I think seeing that on the full spectrum, like really kind of illuminates the sin as it is, um, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, disorder, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think you, to, to look at it across that entire spectrum is really helpful um, because it's not just like, uh, you know, the, the, the person uh, who's super fat or the person who's super skinny, who's dealing with gluttony, right. Or, or something like that. Um, it's, there's this, it, it's more about um, the Thomas, Thomas says that gluttony is more about um, the desire for food, right. Or the desire for pleasure. Uh, than it is about like the actual um, uh, enjoyment of that pleasure, if that makes sense, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it's it's the attachment that we have, uh, the disordered attachment that we have to pleasure as a higher thing than the ultimate good that we find in God. But pleasure in itself and the desire for pleasure, it, it's not it's not wrong in itself. Um, Augustine, uh, and I'm pointing this out of the, the De Young book, um, Augustine says that uh, virtuous people avail themselves of things of this life with the moderation of a user, not the attachment of a lover, right? We, we, don't, uh, we don't place our, um, we, we use the goods of this world, right? And we, we take enjoyment in the things that we should take enjoyment in, but not in the way that we, are, we place our entire lives in their hands or that we become so attached to them that we couldn't give them up for the sake of this other, this other greater good, and ultimately for the greater good of being in union with the Lord or, or charity or things like that. Um, I found it really illuminating uh, in, in this book, Glittering Vices, um, how... DeYoung talks about how you can be a glutton uh, by being like too dainty about your eating or like too picky about what you're eating. Oh, that's and, interesting. It, it, because, and she gives the example of like, if you go to someone's house, right? And, um, you, and I'm not talking about like a food allergy here or something where like it would cause significant harm to your yourself. Um, but you go to someone's house and they serve you something and you're like, well, I really don't like that or I don't want that and it's not like I can't eat it I don't like it and uh and, and if you were to say um and even if it was like I just want dry toast right instead of this meal that you prepared for me that would be a form of of uh of gluttony right like that this is a a certain um like taking pleasure in uh, being able to, to, to have just those particular things that you want, as opposed to receiving the gifts that, uh, that are, are offered to you. Um, or likewise, uh, you know, on, if you, if you, um, if you're at a, a wedding or something like that, um, and this is not the, always the case, but like, it's almost like, you, you should rejoice. You should have a, a you know, a, 
you should share the meal that's there. You should do these things because there's a celebration, right? It would be, it'd be kind of weird if you just rejected that offhand and said, no, I don't do those things. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and so that's kind of, um, uh, I thought that was really illuminating. And, and, and what, so I guess going back to our original definition of gluttony, like how does she make the, the link between like that pickiness or like the, like, I don't, is it like, I, I, cause, cause I, I, I didn't read um, this chapter, <laughs> full disclosure. Um, but uh, so like, how does she make that link exactly? Cause I, I guess I'm still kind of having trouble envisioning like, I, I would agree that's not a good thing to go to someone's home. They prepare a meal and you're like, eh, no, I'd rather have something different than what you made. Uh, I'm just trying to make the, the connection to gluttony. I think it's in, I think it's in the negative sense. Like you're still valuing uh, pleasure as the good. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, like if this does not give me the degree of, of mm -hmm. pleasure that I want, that I rejected. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. If it, is, if it isn't just what I wanted or just what I expected, I yeah. I, I throw it I, away, right? I got you. The meal that you prepared is not providing me the same pleasure as this other thing, which I would rather eat. Therefore, I, yeah, disagree. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's just a fascinating new way of looking at gluttony, gluttony that example, because you would, you would not just intuitively think that. That's great. So what about, what about this? You're having a meal with somebody and something's prepared. Maybe you didn't prepare it or maybe you didn't, but the response immediately is, sorry, I can't eat that. I'm fasting. I think that that's an interesting situation. Uh, uh, it depends on, I think it depends on the, the level of friendship between the two people and the circumstances that are going on. Um, and I think also the reason of the fast and yeah. let's assume it's not like a, like a universal day. Of, it's, it's not Ash Wednesday. It's not good Friday. Right. Or, say it's not even a Friday. Society kind of fast. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm with a, another, like if I was with a brother seminarian or a priest um, and well, actually I'll give you a, an example from my own life. This actually happened. I was doing Exodus 90 last year. And on Fridays, we weren't, we weren't eating meat. Um, but I went to Austin and Father Doug Jeffers called me on the way to Austin and said, hey, I'll cook tonight. And I, my, my response was, that's great. I love it. Hey, I'm doing Exodus 90. Can it be a meatless thing? And he said, well, I've already, I've already started preparing stuff and it has meat in it. And I said, don't, like, don't worry about it. And my, my idea was, well, I mean, it would be, it would be wrong of me to like demand uh, something different. Right. Or it, I don't know, maybe I could have not eaten the meat or whatever. He wouldn't have been offended, but I think especially. Um, so you chose, you I chose to eat it. I yeah. did. Yeah. Now and that also probably uh, displays my, uh, my proclivity towards uh, uh, the <laughs> vice of gluttony, right. Towards eating. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but you I think lover. That, I am a food lover, uh, but but I think that there is a level of, especially if you're with people who uh, may not understand fasting, um, or you know you you know just like they have no concept of what this is, um, and they've prepared something for you. Uh, I 
I would tend to err towards charity, uh, like it, like it being an act of charity to say, yeah, I, I am going to fast and I'm supposed to fast right now. Um, I made that commitment, but I'm going to fast in another way where I'm going to do this other thing. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's like a, a prudential judgment and, and it's hard to uh, answer that question fully without like the specific circumstances, because uh, I think I agree with you, uh, Deacon Will, and I think you, you kind of were trying to drive this point of sometimes just a greater good is a charitable act. However, I, I actually also tend to kind of err on charity also because like, I mean, if I get to eat what I gave up, exactly. I mean, let's go. But I, I just in talking with people and stuff, I, I've also seen this value in particular circumstances where there's a certain witness to not joining the, fest I, don't, I don't know, the festivity or, or, or whatever it is that's happening that can be just yeah. very, very solitary for the group. But again, it, it's hard unless we have the specific circumstances. It's, it's, uh, it's and so, so much of that too, I think, um, kind of maybe a, a good way to like, to compromise between those two, between those, you know, like being charitable, but also, Enrique, like you were saying that the witness of like, oh, you're, you're, fasting of your own free will you're electing to give up some good thing like what is this like that's that is like an unheard of thing um commonly uh within our culture but kind of digging well you called ahead you know and you were talking to him and you mentioned like in advance or, or you tried in advance so like hey by the way i'm doing exodus 90 can we do without me you know it's and and that's where it goes into like there's so many different like circumstantial things that the prudential judgment like yeah if you can make contact in advance and be like hey by the way, X, Y, Z, explain the circumstances and see if you can't come to some like, I don't know, good compromise. It's not awkward for them, you know, so you're charitable in that sense that you're not making it difficult or awkward for them. Uh, and at the same time, still able to observe, you know, whatever discipline or fast yeah. that is. Uh, so here's an, another, I don't mean to cut you off well. Go ahead. Well, another, just... <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off well. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Will. Go ahead. No, I just think that there is a... Go ahead, Callan. <laughs> Dang it. Riddle me this. Okay. I forgot what I was going to say, because I was making fun of Will the whole time. Um, uh, okay, here's the question. Um, have you ever, or maybe think of an example where, like, you're... It doesn't not necessarily like you were like going crazy, um, but you're you realize that your intent was in the ballpark of kind of gluttony more than it was like enjoying the situation. Um, like for like a classic example is like like I I feel really stressed out and. Um, uh, I just want to feel good right now. So I'm just going to have, I'm just going to go for this chocolate cake by myself. Uh, or I'm just going to have this glass of wine by myself. Like, not that like, that's like a terrible thing, oh, but the yeah. point is like, you're just like, you're not like, you're not gearing yourself towards like, like a good, right. Or I'm going to realize like, you know, you could be something that, um, uh, somebody, it's full disclosure, I run the pub at St. Mary's. And uh, as a joke, uh, somebody was like, 
uh, someone went out and got, um, I asked him to make a beer run, not for the pub, but just for like, us personally. And he came back with wine coolers and I was just like near distraught. I was just like, what have you done? What have you done to me? Why would you do that? No, <laughs> Why would you do that? I wouldn't even say and that's then vicious, I was like, Colin. That's a fair no. response, Colin. That's and fair. of course, it was a totally fair response. But if, like, I could see that as a legitimate example. Like, I was expecting like a certain good that I did not receive. And it like legitimately made me mad, which is exactly why this guy did it because he thought it'd be funny. Um, but it's true. It, like it highlighted something that was like legitimate and true. That, that like my initial reaction was like, "How? What have you done? Not not only have you not gotten beer for us, but you've gotten like the worst possible fruity, terrible drink that you could ever imagine. Like, what? You, why would you do this to us?" <laughs> Why would you do this to me? You don't like, you know, like Malibu Jack and uh, White Claw and things like that? I would have taken any of that more over the wine coolers that actually arrived. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so what's your question, Kelly? <laughs> An example where you might have realized that you were, like, in the ballpark. It doesn't have yeah. to be, like... No, no, yeah, I think that that's definitely an experience that I've had, um, uh, especially, you know, around like holidays and things like that. Because, uh, I mean, my family, we, we like, we throw down food on holidays, dude. Like, the table is groaning with food of, of all sorts uh, at the Rooney household. And Great. so um, it's really easy to just like get kind of you know, you're just constantly, you're just eating, right? You're, you're eating and eating and eating. And it is a good, like, it, it is a really, really good, like, uh, it's a feast in, in the sense of the word of like, we are social and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I have wondered a few times in my life where, you know, you're sitting on the couch after the Thanksgiving meal and you're just like, why did I have three or four pieces of pie and the turkey and like why did i eat that you know and then the next thing that you think about is i wonder how long it is going to be before i uh get to eat a turkey sandwich for for dinner tonight or, or for for you know like breakfast there's enough room in my stomach to do this all again yeah exactly right um so i i think that that uh that is definitely a thing and um also i would say that uh that honestly at seminary a few times uh during like it can be really easily to to fall into uh to gluttony as far as like the eating too greedily like too quickly because when there's like good food at the at the seminary and you come from the and you've uh you've missed out on that good food a few times because you were like in the chapel praying or something like that after mass or like and then you figure out, oh, well, if I get there, get there sooner, there'll actually be food there. You know, I, I don't know if that's a perfect example, but um, I've definitely had that thought of like, I'm going to go make sure that I get uh, get the beer that I want uh, as opposed to, you know, or, uh, you know, or the, the dessert that I want first, um, you know, at, at a, in kind of a cafeteria style setting. Right, because there's sometimes a limited number of things uh, available. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, and that that takes away from the 
the actual uh, enjoyment of what the food is supposed to do, right? Like a festive food or festive drink is supposed to help us to be in communion with one another in a deeper way. It's not a, um, it's not just like a, you know, the, the pleasure of the food in itself is not the, the, the highest end of its, of its self, right? Food has this double, this double uh, significance for us as, as human creatures, that it's not just nutrition, that's really important, but it also is, uh, a, I mean, it's culturally a way that we bond with one another. And if we ever, uh, if we ever allow, or at least I, I've had this experience where I'm sitting eating, right? And I'm eating really, really fast, or I'm eating, or, right, uh, yeah, I'm eating really fast. Um, because I got to go do something else after this and people are like sitting there talking and I'm not paying attention to them because I'm eating really fast so that I can just get the, the pleasure and the, the, the satiety, is that the right way to say that word? Satiety of, of having eaten and then go do this other thing. Um, or, you know, I'm not paying attention to the person around me because I'm so consumed by this, this food which is consuming me rather than me consuming it, you know? Um, so I don't know. That, that's kind of my experience with the, the vice of gluttony. Um, so. I think you hit on, or, go ahead. Um, sorry, well, I was gonna kind of take this in a new direction. So if you had something to follow up on that. Yeah, just real quick, I think you really hit on like a really good point of like, does this thing order me great more by participating in this good? Am I being more greatly ordered to the good of communion? Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's like, like, in that sense, like, all food is permissible, whatever. Like if grandma loves her, her pecan pie or whatever, then like everyone participating in it, even if it's your third slice, you know, like you could, you could put that in the ballpark. Right. Um, versus just like, just like for lack of a word, like lustful eyes on like the dessert, dessert table. I'm just like, I don't really want to talk to you guys anymore because (laughs) I'm ready for round three of lemon meringue. (laughs) Like, like grandma, stop talking. You're babbling on about something. I really need those Oreos right now. Just like, yeah. give it a rest. I'm gonna get some Oreos. Or, or, or you jump in to the meal before like the prayer's been said. I mean, that's just Ooh. a little example, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, I've definitely done that as a at our at our house, and sometimes it's okay, right? Like we've got the appetizer, or you got the rolls that are coming out of the oven, hot and fresh, and Dad's like have a roll. Um, and then, uh, and that kind of thing, but you know, you see the table laden with stuff and you go get your stuff before the prayers even said, because it's like, I gotta have this right. And I don't want anyone else to have this food, uh, or I I want them to, I may want them to have it, but I want to have it. I want to make sure I get it right. Get what's coming to me first. You know, so the thing I was going to ask and just put out there and just solicit, you know, once again, at the beginning of, of this whole series, we said that pride underlies, you know, each of these different vices in different ways. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, where, how is it that we see pride coming in um, 
coming in to to gluttony specifically you know maybe that again we we've talked about it's it's this we 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 see some good we evaluate that it's good and i guess maybe we just say like the most important thing is that i get this thing that's good and in the easiest way possible and to the greatest extent possible that i have this um for me um what do y'all what do y'all think about that Yeah, I'm trying to try to think about it a little bit here. Um, uh, I remember there were there's definitely a um, I'll take out this silence for sure. I'm gonna leave it in there. It's very messy. No, bro, I'll leave it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, does that sound like maybe ballpark or like, eh, not quite there? I, I, I'm not really sure, honestly. I, I'm trying to think of. No, I think there's ballpark. definitely a, a connection to pride. Uh, I'm just, but I can't remember how. Yeah, I mean, you're putting like your your hierarchy of good. Uh, above ultimate goods, right? So you're you're putting something in the place of uh, of God. Ultimately, you know the um, that's the that's the prideful aspect of it. Like any time that you're like corrupting or you're flipping the hierarchy of goods, it's like de facto you're taking God out of the principal place of the highest good. Right. Um, yeah. In that sense, that kind of, it kind of reminds me of our, our discussion, our episode we did on sloth, where we said, you know, like that is like there's a higher good um, that we are subordinating to whatever good it is that we like that I want to attain right now. Um, and, you know, talking about how it's, you know, you've got that one thing that you should be doing and yet you do a million and a half other different things that you would rather do than the one thing. Again, it's you're subordinating what is a higher good to the, to the good that you want to attain. There, it feels like it's kind of connected to slope in that sense. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, I, I just found a, a De Young's connection here. Um, the addictive quality of pleasure. This is what she says. The addictive quality of pleasure seeking is seated often enough in the need for control over our own ability to be happy and full. This is pride. The fasting of the desert fathers, by contrast, was an attempt not only to pray, but also to live the words, give us this day our daily bread. So it, like, there's like a, a um, I want to control and make sure that I get the pleasure that I feel like I need to be happy, right? Or to be full or, or that kind of stuff. Um, and that is also like a lack of trust in the Lord that, yeah. um, I mean, it makes me go back to Adam and Eve, right? Uh, the lack of trust, which was rooted in pride, uh, uh, and going their own way and where nothing happened. But even today of, yeah, maybe I'm experiencing some dryness, but the Lord is wanting to give me a greater good through that dryness. Like and dryness, I don't mean like in prayer necessarily, but just, just in, I'm not experiencing certain pleasure because in his providence, I'm being given some sort of cross or whatever it is. And uh, I don't trust that that is leading me to the greater good. And so I'm going to go and pick out mm -hmm. other food or a, a certain pleasure that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want, I want, I want to feel good now. 
and exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to wait. And I know if I, if I do this, there's a corresponding like feel good aspect to it. Yeah. And so I don't trust that even in my current desolation, like any good can come of it. Um, and implicitly I don't trust God. And so like, that's the control aspect. It's just like, just like I could either do the hard work of figuring out either why I'm in a bad spot or do the hard work of just like being closer and more present to the Lord for greater spiritual goods. Um, or I could just, I could just chug this beer or I could just slam this cupcake. Um, and both of those are going to make me feel good right now. Uh, they make me, maybe feel guilty later, but man, when it's, when it's going down the gullet, it's going to feel great. Yeah. Uh, or watch these three hours of YouTube videos. That's like, another, I guess we haven't, we haven't even like, yeah, I want to talk about like binging, binge watching. Yeah. We haven't touched that. Like that's, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That is like gluttony, man. Yeah, it is. Yep. It is. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, and this is interesting and maybe we can jump into that here in a second, uh, Kike, as, as I think I have a way to, to get us there. Um, it, whenever we do these things, right. Whenever we, we misuse these things, we strip the things that God has given us, which are meant to be received as gifts of the giftness of them. Right. And we use them as, as just objects, right. As, as, uh, as objects for our own gratification rather than a good gift to be received and enjoyed in the right way. Right. It actually destroys the, the goodness of the thing uh, in a, in a sense, right? Like the, the higher significance, right. Instead of, instead of, um, and ultimately this is kind of uh, like going back to the, the fact that everything that we see everything that God has created is in some way supposed to lead us to him, right? There's this kind of uh, aspect of, of going to him and the glutton, um, when we're gluttonous, when we fall into that sin of gluttony, we actually forget about the higher meaning of the thing, right? Bread just is, is bread as opposed to something that uh, brings us into community with one another and it ultimately uh, brings us in is used in the sacrifice of the mass wine is is just uh, a way to to kind of relieve our stress as opposed to uh, something that brings us into communion with one another and is taken up into worship right all of these things they lose their their symbolic their their value and your comment about like binge watching youtube videos or netflix or whatever uh i think that that fits in this the same uh kind of category of of thing right like you can watch uh, a movie and it actually can be a a way of bringing people together um actually callan you're probably the best person that i've ever seen do that like you you know so many movies and you uh, kind of consciously choose which movies you're going to watch um and invite people into that uh that that community which is built around uh, this shared story or, or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, is that kind of what you were talking about, Kike? That the, the whole binge watching thing as far as gluttony? 
I, I was not connecting it that far, but I just, the example just came to mind after Lat mentioned you did this. And I was like, I mean, that's because that's such a huge issue like that, that we live today. And people sometimes are almost like proud of binge watching. Like, like, I mean, I've heard this, right? Like, dude, like I spent and like this crazy amount of time, like seven hours yesterday and like almost finished the season. And there's almost like this pride in having done something yeah. like that. And like, instead you... of being almost like ashamed, like if you that, started watching Tiger King, you would not stop watching it until it was over. Is Tiger King good? What is Tiger King? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you even have to ask. Um, that's a whole. It's basically like a disaster. It's on. It's really super popular on Netflix, and it's just like a perfect storm of like the all of America is quarantined right now, and then this crazy documentary came on. It's basically like follows the life of like three or four different people that are um that are that raise tigers and they're all crazy and there's like murders murder for hires there's like murder mysteries there's like polygamy one of the main guys is is in a polygamous gay relationship another tiger guy is a polygamous like heterosexual relationships um one of the other tiger person is like accused of killing her husband and like it's a disaster but it's like one of those like train wrecks you can't stop watching anyway, so basically in order to prevent those who are listening to this to fall into the sin of gluttony don't even start that show no but seriously it's like we don't we don't recognize we don't recognize the just the the sin in that sometimes it seems to me like there tends to be like a, 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 almost like a yeah like there's nothing wrong with binge watching but watching i would say a lot of people would say that there's nothing wrong with it whereas i think one you're falling into the sin of gluttony but in another sense too is that um, i mean are you, are you are, are you being a steward uh of i mean of your, the time the lord has given you right um and i mean th those hours i mean Sometimes we say we don't have time to pray, right? But I mean, you're talking about choosing a lesser good versus a greater good. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff there. I haven't thought about it too, too much, but. No, but I think that there's something, uh, this is, it's like a, an extension of the sin of gluttony um, in that way. I think it's a really, it, it really is a wise uh, observation, Enrique, that, um, that it, I mean, it's just, a, a you could, so I, I guess we could distinguish it in this way. Um, someone could watch a bunch of shows uh, because of the pleasure that they bring them. And that would, that would kind of fall into this, this uh, gluttonous um, thing. Or you could watch a, a bunch of shows just be, to kind of escape from the world. Um, and that would be more like a slothful, like a kind of a rooted uh, use of those shows. But ultimately, both are, you know, a, a disordered use of uh, Netflix, if you would say that, or a disordered use of film. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. Um, you know what we yeah. haven't talked about yet at all would be the contrary virtue. Like, how is it that we combat? <laughs> you know yeah. um, well thank, thank so, you lad for, for for steering us yeah yeah lad is really good at that so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for that um so i i think uh we would we would say that the the contrary virtue for gluttony uh is is temperance right temperance which just means 
um, uh, using using things in accord with right reason uh, that are pleasurable, basically. So it, it's the the virtue that moderates the concupiscible. Uh, desires of our hearts. So chastity also falls under temperance. But when we talk about food and drink, we just call it temperance, right? So chastity is like a special type of, of temperance. Um, but uh, I, I think that the expression, the acts of temperance for, uh, for us on a natural level um, would be just trying to eat what we need to survive or what what is in accord with like the feast or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think as a Christian, there's like a special mode of temperance, right? Because we, we're, we're a people that um, we should be feasting, right? I mean, ultimately, uh, right, it's for the sake of the joy that he endured the cross, right? That's what it says in the letter of the Hebrews. And there's this, um, we, we were a festival people in a, in a way, right? Like, even during our penitential seasons, uh, we celebrate the Eucharist. And I use that word celebrate very, very clearly, right? It, it has a penitential character or whatever, but there's still this festivity to it. Um, it so because we also, we have that, that feasting, we also have, um, and we need to recognize the true value of uh, being in, in communion with the Lord, um, as over and above all of our other earthly, like earthly cares or earthly desires. Um, we also need to fast, right? The act of temperance for a Christian is some sort of fasting. Um, now the church tells us like, for example, Fridays during Lent, we're not gonna eat meat, we're gonna abstain from meat. Um, or Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, we're going to fast and abstain from meat. But, um, and that those are kind of universal fasting days within the, at least for, for Catholics. Um, may, I add, may I add that actually every single Friday, we're yeah. supposed to do, actually in the universal norms of the church, every single Friday is a day of not doing meat. In the U.S., we have given that permission to do something else in place of that. And the reasoning behind that is because the USCCB, the Conference of Bishops in the U.S., thinks that abstaining from meat on a Friday is not that big of a deal. So therefore, that and that's what it says in their website. They says so the the reason for allowing to choose something else is so you can choose something that's actually more of a sacrifice. Yeah. No. And and you're exactly. Uh, I think that that's we we do need to be paying attention i think i think that on our our time um typically we don't have a problem with feasting as much as we do with fasting oh, yeah. um and so we the acts that we need to grow in temperance um we need to fast basically we need to learn how to say no to certain things uh and to particularly things that bring us pleasure right <laughs> Um, so we, you know, I'm back. Great. Awesome. <laughs> so we need to fast, uh, in order to grow in the virtue of temperance. Um, so what does that look like? Practically speaking, uh, <laughs> lads. What, Mike? So, so you're I, doing great. I, you're, you're doing great, bud. My computer. Wait, were you talking to me? My computer died. No, not at all. But you, 
You're making a lot of noise, bro. Well, sorry. <laughs> this is going in the outtakes. I'm on my cell phone now. Great. My computer just died. All right. Anyways, moving on. Perfect. What does it look like, practically speaking? That's a great question, Deacon Will. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like you know choosing something that's good, that is pleasurable, that's a a, a good thing, and giving that up. Um, you know, maybe for a day or maybe for a certain period of time. Um, and I, I think that this has to be done um, in communication with like a spiritual director or within a community is, is even, uh, even good if you can't find a spiritual director, right? Just to have a group of people fasting together or like someone that you're kind of uh, accountable to for fasting. Um, and that's helpful for a couple of reasons. One is uh, you sometimes at the beginning of our spiritual life, we try and just like, uh, no pun intended, but bite off more than we can chew. And, uh, and right. Get like, out. right? <laughs> Sorry. You can be spiritually gluttonous as well, which we could have a whole other discussion on. Um, but the point being that you, you need to be careful about what you're doing so that it's in accord with charity and not opposed to charity. Thomas and Augustine and, and all the spiritual tradition talk about how you can fall into the sin of like fasting too much, right? And you can do like, if, if things are harmful to your body, um, you know, things, things like that, but, or even not just in accord with charity. Um, so I think that that's a, a kind of a, a helpful thing, but just like little things, uh, don't put salt and pepper on your food or, um, don't eat meat as we talked about on all Fridays, as opposed to just Fridays uh, during Lent. Or um, I don't know. I, what are some other things that you guys have found helpful? Um, it depends what you like, right? But like maybe drinking only water uh, for a day if you're used to drinking, I don't know, soda or um, you know, drinks that with flavor. Um, yeah abstaining from dessert if you're used to eating dessert every day or every meal uh just kind of maybe for a week you're not doing that um i think also uh living in accord with the 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 seasons of the liturgical year oh yeah can help us do this right um so during lent to be serious about fasting during the week and maybe to have something on Sunday to celebrate the fact that it's still the resurrection, the day of resurrection of the Lord. Maybe not. There's different opinions on that. Um, but also to, um, you know, during ordinary time, not to like overdo it, but during Easter and on Sundays to, to make a point of like, we're going to celebrate. Right. Yeah, and I like that. And that's okay. Uh, it's a good thing. It's not just okay. It's a good thing to celebrate on Easter or uh, yeah. What about any other thoughts, guys? Sorry, what was the, uh, again, since I dropped out, like what was the question that was just practical advice on, on fasting or just like practicalities of fasting, things like that? Yeah. Uh, so like, what does it look like to fast? Because we've kind of talked about how um, it's important to fast uh, given our kind of current uh situation of feasting too much I see. Um, I, yeah. yeah uh i mean so i know that we've been talking a lot about the different food things but again to take it back to like electronic media like saying like hey i'm not i'm not going to get on facebook for for some period of time or maybe i only like spend five minutes on there uh you know or 
uh, you know, if, if, if I, if I cannot handle, if I find that I really struggle with silence, like, okay, then I'm going to fast from listening to podcasts, not this podcast, but other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fast from all the Let's other podcasts. Let's start now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so things like that. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking again of, of like the electronic media, because that is such a big deal now it seems like um yeah yeah no i think that that's a that's a wise thing um some some kind of uh practical tips there uh but but do it in a community do it uh talk to someone about it don't just uh, go at it alone um i think that that's a and also one thing that i've found really helpful for it is since we're trying to reorder our passions towards the the greater good um to, to kind of practically think about okay uh, who can I offer this fast for, right? Because um, ultimately we're, we're ordering it towards a greater increase of charity, right? Like, Lord, I want to I become more charitable. But the way that we grow in charity is by uh, doing, doing acts directed at a, a person, an individual person, right? Not just kind of in general. Um, so if, if we fast... Uh, just like we pray for someone, we can we can fast for someone. No, I, I find that that makes uh, bearing in a sort of fasting or anything else uh, much more easier than if it's just either for just to do it because I'm doing it, or even if it's just for your own self perfection, which is not a bad thing to strive for. But um, yeah, when you put a, a name on, on a fast, it's just a fast that carries a different meaning and becomes easier to bear. So. Um, definitely, I would endorse that, Deacon Will. All right, so we're about out of time for this episode of uh, Excess and Defect. We thank you for joining us. I hope that it's been helpful as we strive to combat the vice of gluttony and grow in that virtue of temperance so that we can follow Jesus Christ more closely and grow in charity for God and for our neighbor. If this episode of the podcast has been helpful for you, uh, we encourage you to share it with those um, around you uh, who might also find it helpful. I uh, want to thank the, the, the guys for, uh, for having this discussion today uh, with us. And, um, and just uh, as we enter into Holy Week here, uh, know of our prayers for you um, as the seminarians of the Diocese of Austin. Uh, we are praying for you and uh, who are listening to this. Um, and we, uh, we ask for your prayers as well. Any final thoughts, guys? Oh. Have a blessed Holy Week. Yes. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>